and welcome to NXT Talk, the show where we talk about all things NXT, NXT, Stateside, NXT UK, sometimes level up. We're your hosts, I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Man, it's a dark and dreary spring day in Tirana. The uh, the wind is whipping out there, it's howling, whipping like uh, Whipper Billy Watson or something. Mm-hmm whipping like my internal soul of darkness and dismay on this cold spring day Jeez, <laughs> chill raven <laughs> that was literally it's hilarious that you say that because i was literally gonna say quote the raven <laughs> <laughs> quote the boris nevermore exactly but, uh, so i guess you're feeling emo today i was gonna ask how you're doing but uh, should we started with like my chemical romance or something instead of the theme <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually feeling okay. I'm feeling a lot better today than I have the past few days. Um, you know, just been busy. It's been good busy. I know I say that a lot, but, you know, for me, being busy is a good thing. Um, yeah, getting my work travel schedule all set up. Dude, you know how I've told you many times? I'm not one to take medication, right? Yes. Even natural. Even natural stuff, I don't take, like, in terms of, like, you know, whatever. So, I I don't know if you know this about me, or I don't know if our listeners know this, but I may or may not have some issues with sleep. Yeah, it seems, well, we've heard that just the amount that you sleep, because we've been doing this podcast for, a, like, a year and a half now, and I think you've slept a total of eight hours in that time? <laughs> pretty much. So, because I've been feeling pretty sick, like, it, like it's, it's the ultimate catch-22 when I get sick. I get sick, I don't sleep, um, so it takes me longer to feel better. So, this time, on the advice of somebody, I decided to take melatonin you know something a little more on the natural side word is it working for you let me tell you this on sunday night when i took the melatonin i had the craziest fucking dreams and that's my one (laughs) f-bomb like it was insane the stuff that i was dreaming and then again last night just absolutely wild it was like you know, well, uh, it was straight there's, there's, out of David Lynch's mind. <laughs> we don't want to sit here and go too much into detail. There's really not much worse than someone describing their dreams, but I am interested. Like, what's what are some highlights? What's like some of the craziest shit that was going on? Oh, like I I, I walked around in a peg leg for a little while. <laughs> oh no, peg leg Boris. A peg I wonder leg, what that's yeah. Um, Are you doing too much pirating? Downloading too many songs and movies? <laughs> too much My Chemical Romance. Um, <laughs> no, but like it's just like really weird stuff, man. Like and stuff that like I could see happening in my life, but like taken to the extreme. It's so weird, just so weird. So I don't know if I'm going to continue. Peg leg, this. I hope not the peg leg. No, but like in general, right? Like conversations I'm having with people in these dreams. Um, just so really weird. So really, really weird. Uh, so I don't know if I'm going to continue this. Uh, but yeah, no, like it's just like, and then, you know, it, it it's just that, that weird feeling of not being able to wake up. And it was just like, so, so freaking weird. <laughs> Yeah, that's very strange. It, it, it turns out in the dream you had a peg leg because you were Pat King and you were organizing a trucker convoy in Jacksonville until AEW re-signs Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Basically. No, but, okay, have you ever had sleep paralysis? Never once, but I've had it, like, I a couple of, like, my uh, ex-girlfriends have. Well, 
one of my ex-girlfriends has. And yeah, anyway, yes, <laughs> I, I, I'm familiar with it. Yeah, uh, it's fucking it's super fucked up. I, it sounds terrifying. Oh, that's 100% what I had last night. Like, I couldn't wake up or move for the fucking life of me. And I knew, (laughs) and I I kind of felt everything that was happening around me. You know, it was just the weirdest shit. Especially (laughs) when, like, I fell asleep watching The Sopranos. So, (laughs) Oh, oh, no. Well, that was probably why your dreams, were you getting chased at all? Were you in the Pine Barrens bars in your dream? (laughs) I, I actually, that was one of the episodes I watched right before I, or as I took the melatonin. (laughs) <laughs> nice yeah man that's a classic if you were to give star ratings to like tv shows that's a five star that's a, that's five. a five toothpick that's and just it's absolutely every, incredible storyline in that episode is so good right like you know you have the toe or the chris and paulie obvious lost in the in the in the in the woods trying to get the money from the russian you have tony getting thrown uh, stakes thrown at him just everything in that episode is just so well done I forgot about Tony's like B plot, but yeah, Tony Tony Soprano is one of the great characters. Man, it's time. It's time for me to go through that. I've been just watching Disney Plus stuff because I, I I just recently got Disney Plus within the last couple months. And yeah, I've just been binging hard on like Futurama Simpsons in Atlanta, which is about to come back, I believe, tomorrow, right? Yeah, Atlanta is honestly one of the best shows out there. For sure. For sure. For sure. You know what's not one of the best shows out there? NXT 2.0. Yeah. Yeah. That Actually, this week something. was this week. This week was okay. It's it's there were some baffling decisions. I wish they would have cut one or two of the matches and given Grayson Waller and A Kid ten minutes, but it was pretty okay. Here's the thing about NXT. If you look at NXT simply from a wrestling um, TV show point of view, it's actually not too bad. So hear me out. Hear me out. You got continuation of storylines and storylines that actually lead to somewhere. How they get there is the issue, right? Like, it's just very weird and random, but they have continuation of storylines. There's obvious points where you're going to get, you know, the big, uh, you know, the big climax of the story, right? Um, You have fresh matchups. NXT 2.0, you can't say that it's like Raw and SmackDown where it's matches are constantly being repeated. Uh, You have, you know, like I said, storylines have destinations. There's actual buildup to their pay-per-views. It's crazy when you actually break down NXT 2.0 because from a wrestling TV show point of view, it actually is not that bad. It's everything that it encompasses. So the actual in-ring is met at best. The storylines are just written by 60-year-old men who clearly haven't dated anyone in about 50 years. Like... (laughs) It's ridiculous. Did the math on that work out? Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, man. No, it's I, I I know exactly what you're saying. There are through lines. Like, while I last week I, I I titled the episode NXT Nitro 99 because it was feeling like, you know, a little Russo-ish. But at the end of the day, there are through lines. Like Vince Russo's wrestling is literally just doing random stuff week to week, much of it terribly sexist and racist and horrible. Uh but this is not quite that bad because at least there are through lines. At least there are plans and they kind of, you know, seeds are planted, watered, and then flowers grow. And an example is Gunther versus LA Knight. An example is the diamond mine who done it thing going on. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess if you look at this card, I think the only match that we've seen before was Tony D'Angelo Dexter Loomis. I believe that's happened before on NXT TV. Yeah, but but seven, you know, seven out of eight matches are, are fresh, so you're right. 
But here's the thing, right? Like, it's it's not like a constant week over week over week. Yeah. Like, how many times in the first eight weeks of the year, or however many weeks it was, did we see some combination of Rich Holland, Sheamus uh, versus Cesaro and and Ricochet? Yeah, man, absolutely. And uh, we saw a lot of before the year flipped around Christmas. We saw a lot of Charlotte versus Tony Storm before Tony Storm was just like, yeah, you know what, I quit pro wrestling i don't want to be here anymore yep. god bless her so yeah man no i i know what you're saying but there is still some really some baffling decisions and some really terrible stuff oh, in nxt 2.0 you know but that's the thing like you know anyone who says 2.0 is absolutely garbage it's not it's honestly not 100 it's not like i don't know it's it's this it's this, it's this very weird show and yeah. i still don't know how to take it sometimes for sure. I understand, though, people being disappointed with yes. it and saying, well, it's not the same because it's of not. It's, it's not, not the best independent wrestlers having the best matches anymore. It's not. But- it's now officially OVW. It's now officially Bruce Pritchard's vision of WWE's future. It's a weird, the multicolor brand. It is what it is, but man. It is thing, indeed Matt, what it like, is. But Developmental, developmental in, in its purest form, you know, it, it's going to be this, right? Like what? NXT turned into was just a, a you know it, it, it was something completely different from what it was intended to be yeah and you watch man I bet you Ring of Honor is going to become what NXT used to be they're going to their goal is going to be takeovers and you know what I mean like present that storytelling with good modern wrestling with the best independent wrestlers out there like tony khan even kind of said it if you watch the press conference after the last pay-per-view tony khan even kind of says like he even asks i i think he says something like i probably shouldn't say this but okay how many people watch nxt 2.0 how many people think nxt 2.0 is better than the old one and they're like boo whatever no and he's like okay but wouldn't you agree that for what they're trying to do in wwe 2.0 is probably better for finding the people they want. And he kind of didn't say more from there, but the fact that he brought that up when Ring of Honor was brought up kind of suggests that he knows 2.0 switched and left kind of a void. And now there's like that who's going to do what NXT was doing, you know? And I think he was kind of hinting like Ring of Honor is going to be the old NXT. It's going to be that independent wrestling super show. Yeah, especially because like, you know, the thing about AEW, let's remember, is they don't have a style in AEW, right? That's the biggest difference between WWE and AEW. WWE, it is a factory. AEW, it is whatever you are, we're just going to make you TV ready, right? Yeah. AEW gives, it, it feels like I'm not there backstage, but from all accounts and just by watching the show, it sure seems like there's a lot more artistic freedom in AEW. And the wrestlers are kind of left to their own devices, not like saying they're they're uh, get to say whatever they want and do whatever they want, but they're kind of left to their own adv- devices significantly more than in WWE. They're allowed to experiment and play around and kind of be artists, you know? Yeah, exactly. But you know what? This is a conversation that we can have for another day, a round table or something like that. Let's get to business here, my friend. I guess I should ask you, how are you? What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm I'm. I'm pretty well. Like I said, it's a it's a kind of a dreary, shitty spring day, so I'm just dinking around the house on my day off. I was playing some WWE 2K22. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just having kind of a boring, blah day off. You know how it is. 
Yeah, well, I'm well aware of that. All right, man. So let's get down to business. Let's talk some NXT. Some let's talk, and let then let's talk some NXT UK, and then uh, yeah, we'll we'll call and kind of call it a day. But before we do anything, we have to get our rating to jour because as everyone knows, we're the young guns, so we're done with star ratings. Every week we have a rating to jour, something out of five. Matt, what are you thinking for today? Well, it's funny we brought up Vince Russo because a thing they used to say about old wrestling companies, WCW in specific, is that the inmates were running the asylum. And boy, if you watch this NXT show in kayfabe, Boris, the inmates are running the asylum. You have the Dusty Cup winners just deciding they could challenge the world champ instead of the tag team champ just because you have Miz just showing up and making matches. I guess Miz is the new regal of this brand, which is a terrible thought. Uh, I shouldn't have put that in the universe. Anyway, so it seems just, like in case. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Let it be known that on March 23rd at the recording time at 3.34 p.m., Matthew Etterer just compared The Miz to William Regal. All right, continue. Uh, <laughs> compared you is a strong word. You basically said they're the same smartness, and I have the same <laughs> IQ of wrestling. That's that's my takeaway. That's that's what I heard. That is not close to true. Anyway, exactly. we're going. You said inmates. the Miz is better. You said the Miz is better. <laughs> Come on, give me pump the brakes here. We're going inmates out of five. The inmates are running the asylum, both in this podcast <laughs> and on NXT 2.0. You know, one day I'm just gonna keep going with it until you're ready to punch me. Uh, I well, I think what just happened. I've been ready, buddy. <laughs> All right, so inmates out of five. All right, let's get to it. So the show started off with a match right away. Roderick Strong with Malcolm Bivens versus Solo Sokoa for a spot in the North American Championship ladder match at NXT Stand and Deliver. All right, so, all right, this match. I like this match because it was a nice mix of Solo, Solo Sokoa's kind of like his street karate. I don't know how to describe it. And huh. Roderick Strong's like, you know, technical wrestling, I'm going to go a mile a minute ability. I really like that. You know, I again, they only gave this match, what, nine minutes and 20 seconds. I wish they gave them more because I think these two could give us a hell of a match. Yeah, I wasn't disappointed, though. They had a really good one. You could tell me this was match of the night, although my match of the night is clear. We'll tell you about it in a little bit. But uh, no, this was very, very good. I thought it was a strong showing by Solo Sokoa. Like you said, the street karate, similar to the Briscoe's redneck kung fu. It's kind of the same gimmick. But uh, no, I like Solo a lot. I think he's got a future. Obviously, he'll be on the main roster pretty soon. SummerSlam-ish, I'm guessing. And uh, yeah, he might even win this ladder match, man. I can honestly see him winning this ladder match. And yeah, this match, the outcome... Shouldn't surprise anyone. Solokoa won at 9 minutes, 20 seconds. Uh, he ends up getting a Uso splash for the win. Um, no, yeah, it was a good match. It was a very good match. And like I say, I like both of their um, uh, the, 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 like their styles. You know? Yeah, they um, meshed well. Yeah, that that's exactly what I was what I was uh, thinking of, and and you know Roderick Strong in, in in kind of him putting all these young guys over has never looked weak. No, absolutely, because he kicks so much ass, and he's been pushed strongly in NXT in his career. He is a former tag team champion. He is a former North American champion. Didn't he win at Survivor Series against, like, Shinsuke and whoever it was? Was it yes. Shinsuke and Kofi? Yep. Shinsuke and someone. 
Yep, he did it when NXT just like dominated. Dominated. Yeah. Remember those days? So he's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear sweet NXT 1.0, which really was 2.0. This is 3.0 at least. Anyway, uh, I like this match. Like I said, they meshed well. Solo Sokoa is a hard hitting kind of, you know, uh, believable type wrestler as is Roderick strong. This was really good. Yeah. Uh, solo wins with the Samoan splash in nine minutes and 16 seconds. Clean as a sheet, clean as a whistle. We're going to go three and a half inmates out of a possible five inmates in this asylum, Boris, a 70% inmate percentage. Yep. I think that's a fair, very fair score to give this match. All right. So after this, Indy Hartwell and Perja Perota were arguing about Hartwell making headlines on TMZ for her makeout session with Dexter Loomis last week. Perota tried to brag about Duke Hudson being better than Dexter Loomis. Both women continue to bicker about their respective boy toys being better than the other. Now I'm not digging the storyline, but it wasn't like as cringe inducingly terrible as it was last week. But I mean it's still it's still bad. Yeah. As bad as it is, I hate the fact that the mainstream media did use clips of last week's cringe-worthy BS. What define mainstream? Well, I, I saw stuff on like like on uh, some 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 somewhat reputable like Obviously, there's TMZ. I saw some other entertainment shows show some clips. Interesting. I did not see that. I am disappointed in our world anew. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. All right. All right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So Tony D'Angelo makes his entrance after this. Dexter Loomis made his entrance with Indy Hartwell. Duke Hudson uh, and Persia Perota were at ringside. Vic Joseph noted that last week's makeout session producing an extraordinary amount of views on TikTok and YouTube. TikTok and YouTube. TikTok. Just like, yeah, but. <laughs> if you put a pile of trash on your lawn, people are going to look at it when they go by and say, like, what the, what's that? But if you just, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Doesn't matter. Know, a view's man. a view. <laughs> That's the thing, Matt. It, like, I'm yeah. like, the, I agree with you. But in the world of social media, a view is a view is a view. Like, I don't want to even, I'm, I'm sounding like such a, like an old man on lawn here. Like, I didn't think it was that, but there's been worse things in wrestling for sure. It was just some people making out in the ring, but I'm surprised at what they're, they're like, wow, we're so edgy and cool because they had two people make it or four people making out in the ring. It's just, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, try, I, I don't get it as well. All right. Dexter Loomis with Indy Hartwell versus Tony D'Angelo. The match that everyone was just clamoring to watch. <laughs> Uh, Tony Soprano versus uh, I don't even know what serial killer this is. John Wayne Gacy. I, I, what, what serial killer is Dexter Loomis? Dexter. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His namesake. I don't know. I, I think I, I think Dexter. I haven't seen much of the television show, but I think Dexter the character is like way cooler than Dexter Loomis the wrestler. <laughs> Yeah, know. he is. He is. He's witty as fuck. All right, that's yeah, right. two now. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's like three or four, buddy. <laughs> anyway. Whatever. All right, <laughs> what did you think of this match? I was like an average WWE affair. You could tell they were like, "Hey, Tony, go in there, take some time, like try to like you know explore the space of the studio." As it was, they gave him over ten minutes, and uh, 
you know, it wasn't bad, but it's not something that I'm going to remember into tomorrow or even at the end of this sentence. Honestly, the only reason I remember it is because we're talking about it right now. Yeah, Tony D'Angelo wins in 10 minutes and 35 seconds with his spinning fisherman suplex gimmick, which uh, I thought was officially known as the forget about it, but they they aren't calling it that anymore. So maybe they're still workshopping names. Yeah, the Gaba Cruel. (laughs) I love it, buddy. I still think it's the clubhouse leader. But yeah, we're going to go... Two two and a half inmates in this asylum out of a possible five inmates, Boris. Yeah, right on that Mysterio Mendoza line. line. Right on that Dominic Mysterio line. Yep. All right. So obviously, you know, Duke Hudson, he got into it by trying to distract Loomis. Hartwell also tried to get into it. So it was just a combination of all these four people doing whatever it is that they do after the match. Tony D'Angelo took a mic. He talks about how he's going to become the new Don of NXT after Stand and Deliver. Tomasa Ciampa's entrance played. D'Angelo expected Ciampa to come down the ramp, but he blindsided D'Angelo and hit him with a fairy fairy tale ending. Ciampa took the mic and said that at Stand and Deliver, maybe his final chapter in NXT, and if it's Ciampa's going to write his own fairy tale, ending this segment ended with champa dropping the mic so is champa going to like the main roster or is he going to retire what are what's happening who knows man honestly who knows i can see him honestly going to the main roster for a little bit i don't know but i still maintain and i'm going to repeat it every week until stand and liver that when tony d'angelo wins he needs to honestly update his wardrobe and just start wearing suits all the time because now he's a made man that's such a great call, buddy, and I 100% support it. Let's do it. Tony D, I'm sure you know what that sounds like, kind of the kind of finer point that Tony D's going to put on this character. I think you might get your wishes fulfilled there, buddy. Yep, because if anything, Tony D'Angelo is a great character. All right, the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, interviewed Bobby Roode, who was standing with NXT champion Dolph Ziggler. I still can't believe I'm saying that. Uh, Roode <laughs> recapped how he was a former NXT champion and how he helped NXT get to where it is. I don't know if I want to gloat. <laughs> I have to stop there. Is that really what you want to be saying? <laughs> I'm part of why NXT is where it is. That's like Matt Taven literally saying, I'm the reason why ROH is out of business. <laughs> It's a really strong point. Yeah, that's not the kind of thing you'd want on the resume. I might be just omitting that one. Yeah. Just cover that with a nice, convenient lie. Yep. He said he paved the way for people like Braun Breaker. Uh, Ziggler told Rude to pummel, pound, and humble Breaker. Ziggler said that he'll pick up the scraps. Ziggler said Breaker will find out he ha he'll find out he can't measure up to the former NXT champion in Rude and the current champ in Ziggler. I rarely play this game. I rarely like go like, try try to care too much about WWE booking, I guess I'm trying to say. But man, it would be a lot easier to take Robert Roode seriously if he didn't just lose to Dominic Mysterio a half hour ago. <laughs> I know. But that's that's <laughs> the thing, right? And like this is where WWE is still kind of weird. If you're going to be doing interbrand stuff, you got to still take into consideration what that dumb dumb did just like, you know, a night ago. <laughs> yeah, 24 hours ago who he was losing to and where that person is on the card. It's literally, you know, like when Karrion Cross was jobbing to Jeff Hardy and then still <laughs> trying to act all dominant on NXT. Oh my god. Those were the days. Now Karrion Cross is about to wrestle Minoru Suzuki. I think it's going better for him. 
Eh, we'll see. All right. Um, I'm gonna. Nah, I'm not gonna say anything. All right. Next, Fallon Henley was in the ring. She's wrestling in street clothes for some reason. I guess she wants to look like uh, Brooks and Jensen. And then Barrett and Joseph continued to discuss the story of the insults. Express Brooks and Jensen <laughs> everlasting virginity. Uh, the incel express. We're going to make it stick yet, buddy. Yeah. So it's looking like it's going to become Brooks and Jensen and Fallon. It's official. She's now a cowboy gal wearing cowboy gear. If they make Legado lose to these people, I swear to God, oh. I'm quitting this show. <laughs> we might need to find some replacement hosts for NXT talk. Oh, are you, right. are you a couple plucky upstarts looking for a podcast? Let us know. Yep. All right, so Fallon Henley versus Electra Lopez. Honestly, this match went three minutes and 33 seconds too long, and this match was three <laughs> minutes and 30 through 34 seconds long. Yeah, it's somewhere between – I would like one – uh, inmate feels too mean and two inmates feels like way too strong. So we're going to go one and a half inmates in this asylum. It's a, a pretty sizable fail. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't anything special. Lopez shoved Henley into the ropes and Henley hit uh, and hit Henley with the blue thunder bomb, which is hilarious because she actually does that well and she gets wins out of it. So go figure. Yeah. Yeah, she was using the old uh, glam slam for a second, but I like the I like the blue thunder bomb way more. It's cool to put that move over. It looks devastating. I like that someone wins with it. Yep. All right. After this, Draco Anthony was getting ready in the locker room and was constantly declining phone calls. Zion Quinn shows up and assumed he was hanging up on Joe Gacy. Uh, Anthony opened up a video text where Gacy told Anthony to open his mind. Quinn said that Anthony knows what to do and that he has Draco's back if he needs him. For some reason, Quinn felt the need to shoehorn his ride it straight catchphrase. <laughs> good, I didn't even catch that, but uh, good good spot. I had already tuned this promo out. But Joe Gacy, he's, he's starting to win me over because he's becoming more evil. That was my entire thing with Joe Gacy. For the first, like, four months of this character, he was just a generic HR guy, and there was no reason to hate him unless, like, you just really got triggered by this man saying the word triggered. You know yeah. what I mean? So Which, now he's honestly on, yeah. the amount of people that get triggered by <laughs> cancel culture and yeah, inclusion and anything like that is amazing. But now that he's actually doing bad things and he's actually kind of being a devious, mischievous asshole, like I am starting to like the character a lot more. And one thing I will compliment NXT 2.0 about, it's the only thing that Vince Russo really ever got right other than Survivor Series 1998, which is uh, everyone on the card has something to do. Everybody basically has a character and a feud or some kind of something. Something to attach their name to. So I like that. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So Bobby Roode made his signature NXT entrance. After that, the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, interviewed Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai. Chu talked about Kai winning the Dusty Classic with her friend last year and now choose her new bestie. Kai cut in and acted a bit nervous. She talked about how she and Wendy are winning the Dusty Cup. Pretty simple, pretty standard, pretty average. Yeah, that was what it was. Uh, Wendy Chu is all right. I like her a lot. I think she's a better promo than Dakota. But uh, yeah, I just, oh man, get out of the pajamas and she could she could be something. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. But 
what's scaring me is the amount of attention that this Wendy Chu gimmick is starting to get in in in, in the Reddit circles. Yeah, well, that doesn't surprise me though. It doesn't no, it surprise doesn't. me at all. It, anything different is going to get some attention nowadays. And she's good. She is good. Oh, she's great. She's she's fantastic in ring. All yeah. right. Braun Breaker made his entrance for the next match. Dolph Ziggler randomly grabbed the announcer headset. Uh, to and I, I actually I really loved it because he made that beer money reference. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty great. Yeah, he came. What did he say? Like we come, we show up, and then we get our beer money. Or, yeah, yeah he just just quick in and out. It was pretty funny. Yep. Um, Braun Breaker versus Bobby Roode. This match went about fifteen minutes. This was actually pretty good i'm 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 really enjoying Braun breakers entering yeah he's for his uh level of experience my god he's like what is he 20 matches in he's great uh this was a robert rude match but it was a robert rude takeover match you know what i mean they were kicking out of uh finishers and uh all kinds of things i like the spot at the end where breaker catches a, a rick rude cross or sorry a robert rude cross body like he's ricky steamboat coming off the top rope and breaker turns that into his uh power slam deal for the finish yeah man i thought this was actually a really strong match probably you'd say match of the show although subjectively it was not my favorite match on the show same yeah like from an I think from like purely from an in-ring story point of view, this match was probably the best of the show. But a match that happens later was 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 a lot better in my opinion. Just so much fun and a lot better <laughs> overall. But this was still very very good. We're gonna go three and a half inmates in this asylum. Seventy percent solid B. Good Canadian boy Robert Roode. Yep. All right, I have to ask you a question, Matt. Hey, Are me. Ziggler and Roode doing a good job putting Breaker over? Yes. Yes, they are. I think Breaker uh, is in good hands and he will be better off at the end of this feud than he was when they started. Yes. Yep, exactly. All right. So while Breaker was celebrating at the top of the ramp, Dolph Ziggler surprised Breaker with a super kick. Ziggler taunted the fallen Breaker with two Ks while he was knocked out. That Dolph Ziggler. And they're putting the super kick over, too. He's pinning men with it. I love it. Yep. Yep. You know what? This match went 15 minutes, you know, so so for for Breaker, that's that's pretty damn good. Yeah, it's probably like his second longest match, maybe second or third longest uh, besides the two he had with Ciampa. Yeah, yeah, and War Games doesn't really count. It yeah, does, right? I guess. It doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, when did he get into the War Games match, too? Because he wasn't in for the whole time. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. in. No, he wasn't. I think he was, I want to say the last one in. I believe so. Yeah. All right, so Hartwell and Proda are with Loomis and Hudson. They both continue to bicker about whose boyfriend was better. Dexter Loomis went to a canvas to draw something. Loomis drew a caricature painting of Gunther to imply that he wants to see how Duke Hudson goes up against Gunther. Yeah, I like this too because Duke Hudson was like, how did he draw that so fast? Which is obviously he didn't draw that elaborate picture in five seconds. So that was a fun little gag. NXT sometimes, when they break that fourth wall and make fun of themselves, I just love it. Yeah, absolutely. It's usually a little self-deprecating humor usually works, especially when you are falling on your face over and over like they are 2.0 sometimes. Yep. 
All right, so the show, oh, this this was actually one of my favorite things on the show. Uh, Bodie Hayward and Andre Chase were standing in front of Chase's class. Hayward was giving a speech about how he's going to avenge his teacher against Von Wagner. One of the students tried to ask to speak, and Hayward started to curse him out. Chase asked Hayward, who taught him to be so disrespectful? Hayward just turns around and says, you did. Chase said he was proud of him. Chase and Hayward went on to curse out the random student. <laughs> there was like a beat. And then Andre Chase goes, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever bleep heard. <laughs> and that was, yeah, that got a big pop from the audience. You heard like an audible laugh. And uh, yeah, these Chase University things are working. I don't think he has a chance of ever sniffing the main roster with it. But these are really, they're really funny. And they're working for sure on hey, this audience. Chris Nowinski worked while he was healthy. It's true. He did. Maybe he will. Maybe he will show up on the main roster at the bottom of the card. Yeah, like he doesn't, he 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 won't even be like IC champion or or US champion. Like he, he's not yeah. even going to be that. But like you know, to to start the show or something, just to like you know, comedic relief. These things are working. Like you can hear the NXT crowd. Absolutely, yeah. It, maybe it does have twenty four seven title written all over it. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that uh, as well. All right, A Kid versus Grayson uh. Waller. This match. Had so much potential, so much potential, but only went two minutes and 51 seconds. So disappointing. Instead of having eight matches on this show, like, take one of them out. Like, we didn't, God bless Electra Lopez and Fallon Henley, we didn't need to see that match. If you wanted, if you had to have a woman's match on it, we could take out the Diamond Mine match. Although I really liked that match too, but... Man, like, I don't know. Like, how do you book this match and give it two minutes, three minutes, I suppose, two minutes, 54 seconds? Just just very disappointing. The, the, someone, the three minutes was good. If someone is honestly giving a kid an opportunity to show what he has and they're only giving him three minutes to show it, that's bullshit. It's just a waste of a kid, but whatever. I mean, some, some these things happen. You know, you could say, hey, he got caught by the the die of roll stunner. Grayson Waller's a hot young prospect. He's adjusting to the new speed, the new 2.0 competition, whatever. I hope a kid ends up in that ladder match. And yeah, I was just very disappointed by this. So because the match was so short, let's talk about what happened after before you rate the match. So you rate <laughs> The match. So Carmelo Hayes takes the mic and he says uh, he he announced that there's one spot left in the ladder match. So there's going to be a second chance match between A-Kid, Cameron Grimes, and Roderick Strong. Yes, the losers of the three qualifier matches are now in a triple threat match. The winner of that will get the final spot in the North American ladder match at Stand and Deliver. So, man... Yeah, just uh, three minutes of solid action, but I sure wanted it to be 10 minutes longer. So, I I don't know. uh, Typical WWE, two and a half out of five. Mysterio line, Mendoza line, whatever you want to call it. I was hurt inside of my heart. Oh, I was angry. I was honestly (laughs) ready to give up on the show at this point because we talk A-Kid so proudly and loudly. You know, when we talk NXT UK, he shows up here. And, you know, while... As short of his matches have been with, with uh, you know, again, um, with Kushida and now uh, um, Waller. Yeah, it's just not enough. It's just not enough. 
No, and I wonder if he's going to be in the ladder match or if there's going to happen, something's going to happen in the triple threat and he's going to end up wrestling one of those two guys on the show. I, I, I'm not quite sure how it'll go. I could see A-Kid versus Roderick Strong being a dynamite match on the on the card. Yep. All right, so after this, Carmella says that A-Kid may be A-Kid, but he's not A-Champion. Trick said he wants to take out A-Mama tonight. <laughs> <laughs> And then A-Kid gives Trick an insecurity. Dude, I love Trick Williams. I love because he knows he's the sidekick who's going to get his ass kicked week in and week out. Absolutely. And he's great at that role. He's got a great uh, mouth on him, the gift of gab. And yeah, man, he'll take he'll take a lick. He'll take a mean insecurity in the middle of the ring. Yep. Robert Stone and Von Forehead were chatting backstage. Wagner talked about how he's going to take care of Ikman Jira tonight and take care of Bodie Hayward next week. Robert Stone walked away to chat with some random female that he was chatting with last week. <laughs> All right. That's it. All right. Yeah, it sure was. Yeah, it's it's, it's a fine use of uh, Von Wagner's talents, I suppose. Let's get him back in the ring. Yep, Creed Brothers, Julius and Curtis Breed versus the grizzled young veterans Zach Gibson and James Drake. Matt, I think it's safe to say Gibson and Drake are jobbers. Yeah, but I actually really like this match. They brought yeah, a I lot of personality to it. They brought a, this was a fun little five minute tag sprint. But uh, yeah, man, it's sad to see how far the grizzled young veterans have fallen in the 2.0 era versus where they were in 1.0. And even then we said they lost too much and they were too good for their position. So I feel bad for this team. I kind of want them to get out of WWE. I do too. So Drake tagged in and Julius escaped a doomsday device. Julius hit Drake with a chop block. Brutus tags in, hits Drake with an Argentine press slam. Brutus hit Drake with a basement lariat for the win at 4 minutes and 14 seconds. Yeah, so I thought it was pretty strong for for what it was. I I don't know if you can go higher than 3 inmates out of 5 in this asylum, but I did I did quite enjoy it. Good little sprint. Yep. All right, so the lights dimmed. Two men are in hoodies ransacking the Diamond Mine training area. One of the hooded figures texted the screen saying that the Creeds can't find them, but they'll find the Creeds. So the spray paint suggests MSK. I know the crowd's already booing MSK. It kind of feels like they've uh, hinted MSK so strongly that it almost might be a red herring, in fact. But I don't know, man. Well, who, who do you think this is? Honestly, I have no idea. I'm trying to think. It can be jacket time for all we know. <laughs> Jeez, could you imagine? Uh, well, it would be better than what they're doing now. Actually, I, I I would never have considered that in a million years, but I'm hoping it's jacket time now just because it's something different. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know I about think it's this. MSK, though. I, I do think thing, it's MSK. But, but, but is WWE, you know, I know the answer to this, but I need to say it out loud so I can wrap my head around this. Is WWE so stupid that they would, you know, take MSK off TV because they were being audibly booed, do all this work to rehab them, you know, make them go far in the Dusty Cup as they're starting to get cheered again, and then have this weird angle just to turn them heel when they could have turned them heel all the way back in October. Uh, yeah. <laughs> WWE is that stupid. They've done far worse. Of course they would do that. I don't know that that's what's happening, but... I kind of think my original theory was that it was a it was a false flag. They attacked themselves, but I don't think that's happening, especially now that they were all in the ring and the dressing room thing happened. I think this is uh, actual attack perpetrated by somebody, and it's probably going to be MSK. 
Yeah, and you're completely right. (laughs) It's just weird, right? Like to me, it makes zero sense. But I needed to say that out loud to wrap my head around how stupid WWE can be. Yes, very, very stupid indeed. All right, match of the night time: Gunther Ah. versus Duke Hudson. At about the two minute mark of this match, Boris, Gunther hits one of the loudest chops. Possibly the loudest chop I've ever heard in a wrestling match. It sounded like he shot Duke Hudson with a rifle. This was insane. <laughs> like, yeah. It got a holy shit chant. And it's not the first time that Walter has chopped someone so hard that the crowd chanted holy shit. I've seen that before. But this, the, the crowd stood on their feet. It got a standing ovation and a holy shit chant. It was insanity. So this match was a ton of fun. I just wrote, here's my notes for this match. Gunther chops the soul out of Duke Cuts and, and pins him with a power bomb in three minutes and 52 seconds. I wrote that on the Facebook group word for word as well. That is exactly exactly what happened in this match yep i love how he how duke hudson tried to return a slap and he got slapped a second time for his efforts <laughs> this was just a delight i actually as soon as we're done this podcast i'm not lying i'm going onto the dvr and i'm watching this match again just because it was four minutes and it made me so happy inside of my heart yeah it was it was so funny all right so after the match gunther he calls out la knight he says knight made his end or sorry he calls out L.A. Knight. Knight comes out. Gunther told Knight that when he talks, Knight listens. Gunther talked about how Knight can talk himself into title matches, but he can't win them. Knight said that if Gunther shuts him up one more time, he'll knock Gunther's head off. Um, he'll knock. This is the exact line, and I need to repeat this. If, uh, if Gunther shuts him up one more time, he'll knock Gunther's head off Gunther's dad bod. He'll knock Gunther's block head off his dad body, which yeah. I yeah, I love I love that line. That was really good, and uh, yeah, L.A. Knight versus Gunther has like a weird intrigue to it. It's not a match that I knew I needed until this moment, but we're about to get it, and I'm very very excited for it somehow. Yeah, it just came out of left field, but at the same time, they've been kind of building to this in a sense, right? Um, Wesley and Nash Carter, they run out to uh, get Bartel and Aikner. Knight hit Gunther with a power slam to send Gunther into retreat. Yeah, it's surprising, but hey. But on the on the same token, I guess LA Knight needs to stand tall at some, at some point because I don't think he's beaten Gunther. So he needs to give him. Some would say he needs to stand and deliver. Get out. Get out of this house. No, that's well done, buddy. (laughs) All right. Cameron Grimes, he cuts a promo in his normal voice. Grimes talks about how he feels like he's disappointing his father by not having the most success in NXT. Grimes reiterated his story from last week about how he was proud to tell his dad he got signed to WWE and NXT and how he promised to make his his, uh, late dad proud. Grimes said next week is the most important match of his life. He said he's going to show his dad that he has what it takes. So I was like, okay, for sure, A-Kid's going to win this triple threat, right? And then I saw this Cameron Grimes promo, and it's like, wow. Like, is he really not going to? Like, he's he's got to win the title after this promo. Otherwise, he's going heel or what's happening? I can so see I him. Think he's, I can see on. him go heel. I can see Roderick, Roderick, um, Roderick Strong win that ladder match. I can see Cameron Grimes going heel and blaming A-Kid for him not being in the ladder match. And then we get Cameron Grimes versus A-Kid at Stand and Deliver. Interesting. 
Interesting. Here's what he, I'm going to go the other way. I think Aiken and Roderick Strong have some kind of kerfuffle that leads to some bad blood in the triple threat match. Cameron Grimes wins the triple threat. Cameron Grimes wins the title in the ladder match because you could tell the story that Carmelo got too cocky. He bit off more than he can chew. And then you have a Grimes mellow feud before please God, they call Cameron Grimes up to the main roster. Yeah, I that's know, right? that's where I think we're going here, and we're gonna start take over, stand and deliver with A Kid versus Roderick Strong. That's gonna open the show. There's yeah. my official prediction. I think A Kid is opening the show, regardless. I hope so. Yeah. All right, Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray versus Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai in the finals of the Women's Dusty Roads Tag Team Classic. Pretty good match. Definitely Wendy Chu's best showing by far, I would say, even in, in her short career. I liked uh, I liked all four women's performances here. I thought this was like a good mix of a little bit of fun, a little bit of comedy. But when they needed to turn it up and, and be serious and tell the story that they care about winning this prestigious trophy, supposedly, they actually kind of did. They did a decent job with that. So it wasn't a tag team classic, but you know what? A, a very good Good to very goodish match, right? I really like this match a lot. Like, I, the yeah. crowd was super into it. Like you said, they did some comedy bits when they could. For example, like even the six one nine that when Io went for a six one nine on Dakota Kai, uh, Wendy Chu lifts up a pillow to stop it. That was kind of cool. Io Shirai's face sometimes. I'm telling you, I think she is like actually disgusted <laughs> that she's in yeah. NXT right now. <laughs> I actually like that spot a lot. The the pillow blocking the six one nine. And I think I think it was right after that, or very close to soon soon thereafter anyway. Uh EO just like tries to hit Wendy Chu with a kick. Wendy ducks it and then EO hits like a super kick while yeah. EO's on the apron and Wendy's on the floor. And Wendy gets Wendy takes a bump and EO just looks with pure disgust and gives her like brushes her off, gives her a hand wave. Like, get away from yeah, me. Yeah, it was literally right after little child. Yeah, yeah. it was literally so right that, after. There you go. So that was a fabulous spot. I actually I actually laughed pretty hard at that. Yep. All right. So let's see. Ray tagged in. He she hits Kai with a top rope cannonball. Kai escapes uh, Ray's gory bomb bomb or the gory bomb attempt and hit Ray with a code red backstabber, which looked really, really good. Kai hit Ray with a double stomp. Chu tagged in hits Ray with a Vader bomb that I honestly thought got uh, Ray's head. But she didn't. Uh, Shirai broke up Chu's pin by giving Kai a missile drop kick onto Chu. Shirai hit Kai with a underhook shoulder breaker. Ray hit Chu with a gory bomb. Shirai tags in for the moonsault and the victory. Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray win the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Yeah, so pretty solid match. I uh, I would go. I'd, you know, I'll go as high as three and a half uh, inmates for this one. And that was a pretty dang good episode of NXT. You know, it's funny. I didn't realize how good it was until I went through it. And a lot of the individual matches were pretty good if you actually think about it and break it down. But if you're watching the show, it's still there's a there's a pacing to it. There's just a wackiness to it that, you know, it's it's not the best wrestling show you've ever seen. But actually, this is pretty solid. It's pretty solid for NXT 2.0. This is the thing, right? Like, what's bad really takes you out of the show. Yeah. All right. That's a really, uh, it's a good point. Speaking of, uh, yeah. Go speaking on. of the prisoners running the asylum, the prisoners running the prison, Io Shirai claims that they can cash in their title shot on any champion, 
dot, dot, dot. Ray said they were cashing in their title shot on Mandy to make the stand and deliver match a fatal four-way. Rose tried to attack Ray and Shirai. Cora Jade came out to even up the numbers. Uh, The face team dumps Toxic Attraction out. Vic Joseph assumed the stand and deliver match for the women's title is now a fatal four-way as the match closed. Yeah, so I liked that the announcers were like, "Hey, can they do that? Is that yeah. legal?" And they weren't they weren't just like, "Oh, it's official. Fatal four way." You know what I mean? Because that's fine. We all know wrestling is predetermined entertainment. What? It's not <laughs> It's not the UFC, Boris. It's fake. But like, it's okay if the announcers kind of are like, "Well, that's not allowed." Like if there is some through line of logic, if there are rules that you establish, then it means something when you go outside the rules. And even something as small as having the announcers go, "Hey, it's not supposed to be that way. That's not the rules." You know what I mean? Like that's that's enough to address it. That's enough to say, "Well, this we're this is the exception. We're breaking the rules. It's something special this time, you know?" Yeah. Question for you though. Do you think changing up the the, the way that we assumed Stand and Liver was going to go? Because the assumption was Cora Jade versus Mandy Rose one-on-one, and then Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray versus uh, Dolan and the other one for the tag team belts. (laughs) JC Jade. (laughs) Yes, JC Jade. (laughs) Do you think someone's injured, or do you think that WWE just doesn't trust that Rose and Jade can have a good match one-on-one? Well, well, for one, adding KLR and EO to that match is going to make it significantly better. It's not going to hurt it for sure. But you know, it's funny you bring that up because if you if you pay attention to the the final segment of this show, watch Gigi Dolan because she just straight up leaves the ring when the violence is about to happen. She just like outright leaves, and everyone else is taking bumps. So I wonder. If Gigi Dolan is injured, and that's yeah. part of the reason why they're doing this. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the reason, right? Like, you know, I think that at the end of the day, we're still going to get the, the like, you know, the, 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 the crowning of Cora Jade. I think that that's the end goal for this match still. The but, coronation. Cor- yes, that's it. <laughs> oh, we've been podcasting together way too long. Um, But... Yeah, it just seems weird. It just seemed odd, but I just, you know, I uh, here we are, right? Yeah, no, it was a stunning Sean Burkhead joke. You got to give him full credit for that. But uh, yeah, no, I think this is going to help prolong the Cora Jade Mandy Rose feud. They're not wrapping that up yet, and it's a way to have a better match. And it's kind of a way to have Cora Jade continue her like, s- like scrappy underdog. Dare I say, Mikey Weprex style. Raised to the rose to the top, where you know what I mean. She's just like she's back asswardsing her way into these wins. She's not winning dominantly. Yeah, and that's fine, right? Like as long as the story is being told well, and you know, to get to that point is a good match. I'm fine with that. Hundred percent. Yeah, and it, it's got a way bigger chance of being a good match. So good on you. Good decision, NXT. Uh, solid show. Yep, exactly. All right, are you ready to talk some NXT UK? Let's do it. All right, NXT UK from March 17th, 2022 from the BT Sports Studios. All right, so I watched 
So this was my Saturday, Matt. I watched <laughs> SmackDown, Rampage, okay. and NXT UK all back to back. Oh my God! So that's that's a good chunk. That's like a four hour chunk of wrestling. What what was the what do you think was the best thing out of that four hour? NXT UK. Yeah, eh? that, I'm yeah. glad to hear that. Yeah, I thought the opener of NXT UK was a banger. Really, oh, really solid really match. Good. Probably the best match we're talking about on the podcast, with all respect to the great Gunther, who slapped the absolute piss out of Duke Hudson. I do think this match was better. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with you on that. Um, so here's the reason why I told you how much wrestling I watch. I was at home with our with our mutual friend, Kevin O'Leary, excellent music composer who composes all our music, excellent music engineer. He's not a wrestling fan whatsoever. But he was over, and I'm like, hey, I got to watch these now while I can. And uh, he's like, sure, whatever. His favorite show is also NXT UK. Oh, nice. That's good to hear. Yeah, so he gets it. And it's very clear, man. This is just, it, it's good wrestling. It's a really solid, fun hour of professional wrestling every single week. So it, it to me that was funny, and then on Bam we'll talk about this a little more because he had some very interesting insight to AEW. Oh, cool! Yeah, coming from I, like I a rookie, rookie, it. rookie, right? Like it's very interesting. Yeah. Like, and, and it just proves the point. This is all I'm going to say, and everyone else is going to have to listen to Bam. It just proves that AEW is struggling to get the casual fan. Good, uh, good note, buddy. I, uh, I'm actually, I'm excited for that teaser myself, and I'm on the podcast. Can't wait to hear it. <laughs> All right, so NXT UK starts with as the banger and mash of matches: Tyler Bate versus <laughs> Oliver Carter. <laughs> yeah, Oliver Carter and Ashton Smith have really improved a lot in the past like six-ish months, and this has to be the best match of Oliver Carter's young career in yeah. WWE. You know. This is the thing, and I know we've we've seen we've seen we say this a lot on NXT talk and bam, a great match doesn't need to be 30, 40 minutes, right? No, absolutely not. And it you know what helped this one a lot is the contingent of fans. The fans are back in the BT studios, and boy, does that help a lot. They're singing themes, they're into the matches. The UK fans are always so great in any professional wrestling show. But NXT UK fans are damn, damn good fans. And they just they're singing and this match just it felt like home again, Boris. Dude, it, it, it honestly, it's like watching a second, you know, a second division a European English team. Like, you know, they're, they're just in there because they love the sport. That's how what I 100%. think about the NXT UK fans. The other thing, let's talk about the pillars a little more. Trent Seven and Ashton Smith kind of being in the background. They were fantastic in this match. Yeah, helping a lot for sure. And Nigel McGuinness, very, very good at his job. Andy Shepard, he's fine. He's no, he's actually Vic Joseph has improved to the point where I think Vic Joseph's probably better. But that Andy Shepard does the job, does it well. Yep, exactly. But this match was so freaking good. Honestly, I really like this. There was, it was very technical. Oliver Carter is a much better technical wrestler than I thought he was. Like even a few weeks ago. Absolutely. He was he was keeping up with Tyler Bate, who's really strong in that aspect. And they're both great high flyers. So, yeah, lots of back and forth action, rolling kapu kicks and all those kind of things. There's all kinds of moves. They did a they did a cool thing where because Tyler Bate has his what would you even call it, where he torpedoes his traps into the top rope and he does his own like version of a springboard. But then 
Uh, Oliver did his version of a springboard right back, hit him with the flying European uppercut. Just so, so much going on in this match. It was just yeah. a lot of action, a lot of fun. Yeah, so Carter missed a springboard moonsault, allowing Bate to hit his springboard lariat. Bate went for the Tyler driver, but Carter reversed it into a pit, uh, spinning Huracarana. Bate was able to kick out. Seven and Smith came to blows on the outside. This distracts Bate, and this gives Carter the advantage to pin Bate for the three with a backslide. Yeah, very interesting spot in the finish here. Tyler Bate goes for a flying European uppercut off of Brett's rope, off the second rope, and Oliver Carter turns that into a backslide. It, it was a little clunky, but it was. It, I thought they, they pulled it off. It was a pretty good finish. Yeah. I, I really did like it. The match lasted just over 10 minutes. Matt, how many crumpets, how many supernovas would you give this? Uh, yeah, 10 minutes and 10 seconds I had it as. We're going to go three and three-quarter crumpets on this one. 75% supernova percentage. Really, really strong match. Best match that we talked about today on the show. Yep. Exactly. If there's any match that you should watch, it's this match for sure. All right, after the match, A-Kid approached Saxon Huxley and asked, asked him to be his tag team partner for his match against the Familia. Huxley agreed in his own idiosyncratic way, in idiosyncratic way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good word, buddy. Uh, yes, he is. I have uh, to look it up. <laughs> I'll admit you wrote it. it. <laughs> I'll admit it. No, I had to like, no, I had to, I actually use a thesaurus. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well done. But yeah, man. Yeah, no, he is, uh, he's, what is he like? Bruiser Brody, like yeah. the berserker just yelling nonsense. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting pairing him and the, uh, the intelligent understated a kid. Yep. And then in seeds being planted over a year ago and we're finally seeing things play out wild boar said he was coming for revenge against eddie dennis wild boar just a big crazy ugly dude and i say that with love he looks like a pro wrestler yep uh the next match was nina samuels versus emilia mckenzie yeah, longer than I thought. It was yeah. They were giving Nina some time in there and to try to figure it out. Amelia McKenzie is a very, very strong worker. She's like fundamentally sound. Yeah, the one thing about Amelia McKenzie, and it's kind of like her character too, where she's just so bland. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she's very. She's plain. She's a little plain, but she's yeah. She's kind of generic wrestler girl, but she's a good wrestler. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So this match went 8 minutes, 44 seconds on my clock. Like I said, probably went a little longer than it should have, um, in my opinion. But uh, Samuels uh, went to the outside, but McKenzie hits the dive through the ropes. McKenzie went up top. Samuels grabbed her hair, threw her off. Samuels missed a moonsault, allowing McKenzie to hit the spear for the win. So Amelia McKenzie ends up winning this match. Yeah, uh, I don't know if a spear is the right finish. Give her some kind of submission or something, I think. I don't know. Spear for uh, for a slight woman like Amelia McKenzie, eh, not sure. But, yeah, solid match. We're going to go, I, I, I would say we're going to go as high as three supernovas out of five for this one. Yep. Uh, Mark Coffey informed his brother Joe that he had been given a Heritage Cup championship match against Noam Dar. Joe seemed very confused but kind of still supported him. Yeah, Gallus explodes? Question mark. <laughs> I like this. I like this idea because I feel like this is Shaw Samuels and Noam Dar doing this on purpose. 
Oh, interesting. I like that. That's a really good call. Yep. Kenny Williams finds a note on his locker, which reads, you've made a lot of enemies. TikTok is carrying cross back. <laughs> no, the answer is no. Obviously, it's no. The, the answer is a resounding no. Yeah, no, this is definitely, uh, oh, what's his what's his gimmick with the uh, with the Mohawk? Who do you, who do you, Sam Gradwell. That's yeah. who it is. It's obviously Sam Gradwell. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm, glad we, I'm glad we had this talk, Boris. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Sid Scala informed Eddie Dennis that Wild Boar had requested a match with him. Dennis said he was more of a manager these days and said a better idea would be Wild Boar versus either Primate or Tyson T-Bone. <laughs> yes, interesting. So Wild Boar is going to make his way through symbiosis en route to Eddie Dennis. Yep. You know what? It's a classic wrestling story, but it gives you know f- a fresh matchup for the next few weeks. Yeah, sure. Why not? Something to do and see how see how Wild Boar uh, is doing. See how he can adjust to his return in the ring. Yep, Aaliyah James versus Stevie Turner. Not a ton to this one. Pretty average, standard wrestling match. It was four minutes. There was a chin lock. You've seen this match before a thousand times in WWE, but perfectly fine. I think Aaliyah James has something. She she has she has some like potential. Yep. So Turner missed a flatliner, and James rolls her up with the O'Connor roll for the win at four minutes ten seconds by my clock. Yeah, we'll go two and a half out of five on this one. Right on that Dominic Mysterio line. Uh, Shaw Samuels revealed his betting odds for Noam Dar versus Mark Coffey into Heritage Cup Championship match in two weeks' time. I love this betting gimmick they have. It's really fun. As a degenerate gambler from time to time myself, shout out province of Ontario getting single betting uh, very soon, if not already. Uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Shaw Samuels has a ton of potential, and we love Noam Dar so much that we named the rating system out of him on this show, so... Yep. Fine by me. Um, all right. The hype package of all hype packages then aired. Isla Dawn versus Michael Satamora for the NXT Women's uh, UK Championship. Dawn claimed she had uh, changed a lot. She has changed a lot since she was Satamora's first opponent in NXT UK and that she was bringing down the fall of the Japanese legend. The match is going to be next week, which means that it's tomorrow. Yes, sir. Yeah, fun little promo here. I don't think Isla Dawn has much chance of winning Take this that title. Back, you <laughs> dirty son of a bitch. I was biting my tongue there a little bit. I figured you might say that. Boris is wild bias notwithstanding. I think Miko's gonna win this match, but it should be good. Definitely the highest profile match of Isla Dawn's young career. Yep. Roderick Strong versus Wolfgang closed the show. Solid 10-minute match, Roderick Strong versus a bigger, stronger dude, but he bullies the bigger, stronger dude because Roderick Strong is fucking crazy. He's really, really good. He's a Super Bowl in there. I love the crowd just interacting with Roddy, chanting, Roddy's little boots, Roddy's little boots, Roddy, Roddy's boots. (laughs) Just making fun of his little boots, and then Roddy like taps on his boots, acknowledging the crowd. God, I miss wrestling audiences and having fun watching that stuff it was a long time coming on nxt uk so man that just it just felt so nice to see the crowd interacting with these guys again and it was a really solid main event to close the show yeah it went just under 10 minutes nine minutes 51 seconds uh that's what i had and yes roderick strong wins with a knee strike again good match fun match short match did what it needed to do 
good close to the show. Yeah, they beat the heck out of each other. Uh, Strong was bleeding from the eye, I believe, uh, at the end of this match. And yeah, man, very solid, hard-hitting, professional wrestling. Let's go three and a half supernovas out of five. 70% crumpet percentage. And then Roderick Strong got on the microphone, Boris. Yeah. (laughs) Roderick Strong cuts a promo and he said he was in NXT UK for a good time, not a long time, and challenged Ilya Dragunov to a match. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Do that a couple of times. I'm going to be bleeding from the eyes. (laughs) Dragunov versus Roderick Strong is like legitimately a dream match. Those guys are uh, that is going to be insane. So next week we have... Uh, the women's title, which is Isla Dawn versus Miko Satomura. We also are going to have the second singles match, I'm assuming, which is going to be Ashton Smith versus Trent Seven. And if Ashton Smith wins that match, he will secure a tag team title shot for his boys. Uh, yeah, there's lots of things happening on this NXT UK brand. Man, we're going to get Roddy versus Ilya soon. Woo! So before you car- uh, name all the cards... I am kind of wondering if WWE is kind of keeping an ace behind their, 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 you know, the ace up their sleeve and they're going to announce like some form of a NXT UK special after Stand and Deliver before WrestleMania. It's a really good call, man, because there was talk. I've said this before, but there was like big talk around the pandemic. Wasn't there a canceled uh, UK Dublin takeover? Yep. And there was, there was some talk of like trying to reestablish that. So I wonder if that's been taken off the back burner and they're trying to actually do it. And I hope I hope it comes to fruition. Yeah, man. Like, I want to see it because you have some big time matches possible for there. You have the Ashton Carter, Oliver Carter, or Ashton Smith, Oliver Carter versus Mustache Mountain. You have, um, you know, the the only thing that I guess wouldn't be there is Miko Satamora versus Isla Dawn. You know, that can main event WrestleMania, in my opinion. Um, you <laughs> have uh, Roderick Strong versus... Uh, Ilya Dragunov, right? Like, there's a lot of possible matches that you can have. Remember, Walter did wrestle, you know, in both stateside and in UK last year for their big shows. So, you know, a pre-tape is possible. Um, And again, it would put eyes on the network before WrestleMania. How funny would it be, Boris, if they had Pete Dunne come out? As Butch. He was no longer Pete Dunne. He came back. Triumphant return to the UK brand as Butch. But no, if they go Dublin, you're probably going to get Finn Balor showing up. I'm sure Jordan Devlin will have a high-profile match as well. Probably against Balor. Uh, <laughs> possibly against Balor. I, we, we've seen that match before, no? Haven't they I already done over. that? Yeah, they've yeah, literally exactly. done that match. Yeah, there you go. Maybe they'll run it back and actually Devlin will win this time. That'd be that'd be kind of interesting. But yeah, I hope they do it, if not in Ireland somewhere. I hope we get a UK takeover soon. Yep. All right, man. So what's coming up in all the NXT brands? I don't even think next week we already did the UK, which is tomorrow. I don't even think we have much of a lineup for next week's actual NXT show. But here is the current lineup for NXT Stand and Deliver which is coming live noon o'clock central time, April 2nd. Uh, We have for the NXT men's title, Dolph Ziggler versus Braun Breaker. For the NXT men's tag team titles, the Creed Brothers versus Imperium, the champs, versus MSK. 
we have for the NXT women's title, a fatal four-way match, champion Mandy Rose versus Cora Jade, now versus Kaylee Ray and Io Shirai as well. We have Tommaso Ciampa versus Tony D'Angelo in what might be Ciampa's last match in NXT, question mark? Who knows? Uh, LA Knight versus Gunther, which has a strange appeal. I just, I can't wait to see that match for whatever reason. And in a ladder match for the North American title, Carmelo Hayes versus Santos Escobar versus Grayson Waller versus Solo Sokoa versus the winner of a triple threat match, which is the only thing we know on NXT next week. Yep. All right, man. So what's coming up here on the SNME Network? So today is Wednesday. That means tomorrow you are getting the old fucks talking all things AEW Dynamite on All Elite Weekly. On Friday, Matt and I are back with BAM. Then on uh, Saturday, you have two shows with the Smack Daddies talking all things SmackDown. The Dark Side of the Elite talking all things Rampage on their Rampage rolled out. Then on Sunday, Mike McGuire's back with the flagship show talking all the news, all the highlights, all the low lights, and everything in between on the flagship show on Sunday. And then next week is WrestleMania week. It's going to be a very busy week. Have tons of shows coming up next week. We'll, we'll start throwing you all the information throughout the next few days. Yeah, it's going to be a fun week. I'm surprised, man. It came quick, but it, it's exciting. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And uh, let's do it, buddy. We are You're going to be hearing a lot of SNME radio over the next few days. And uh, we keep it locked here. We hope you've enjoyed the show and uh, going to get a lot more where this came from. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Till next time. Adios. Yeah, yeah, yeah.